The following message is from Bear Creek Church. More information about BCC is available at bearcreekchurch.org. What a great start to our morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for that incredible reminder of God's love for us and to dine at his table to know that Jesus is with us as we as we dine. Uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. There are Bibles in the back if you need one. Well, last week we considered the reality of Jesus rising from the dead and that we are invited to come and know God. We are to see the significance of the empty tomb, and we have a message to go and tell others. One that offers the best possible hope for the future. A life, a life without sin and sorrow and death. A life of never-ending joy and fulfillment with Christ. It's, it's such incredible news. That Paul would write, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. As a persecutor of Christians, Saul realized how, how incredibly wrong he was about Jesus. Obviously, he was wrong about the resurrection as he's confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was wrong about his mission As Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? There was no denying it. It's a confrontation that forever changed his life. A confrontation that would call him to a life of going and telling others that Christ is risen, that he is the one and only Savior. The one every person will also be confronted by one day. And there are two great truths that Paul immediately began to preach. He began to preach that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus is the Christ. I want to focus on the meaning and significance of these statements this morning. Because ultimately, seeing Jesus for who he truly is will cause Paul to endure. To endure sufferings and rejection and shipwrecks and being beaten and stoned and eventually executed. And since Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, this will be true for us. Rightly seeing Jesus will enable us to endure. And with this in mind... Let's ask the Lord his blessing over our time. Let's, would you pray with me, please? Father, I pray that you would cause us to continually grow in our love for Jesus. Remove the scales from our eyes that give us the impression of Jesus being small, casual, or even distant. And replace these with truths that make us tremble at the enormity of his person and greatness. Help us to rightly see him. So that we want all the more to please him and speak of him and live in ways that glorify him. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, we're going to begin. Uh, so Acts 9, verse 19, one of those unfortunate verse breaks in our Bibles. So we're going to begin at that 19b, the head of that, that next paragraph. For some days he, Saul, was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he had attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him. And how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. This is God's word. Well, earlier in the chapter, Jesus told Ananias that Saul would be his chosen instrument and that he would show him how much he must suffer for the sake of his name. And what we see in our text is just the beginning of much suffering. As he preached in the synagogues, they doubted him. They brought up his past. They were suspicious of his motives and that he truly had changed. They plotted to kill him. They searched for him and waited for an opportunity to capture him. The man who would eventually say to live is Christ and to die is gain must have felt like a coward, probably humiliated as he hides in a basket and is lowered down the city wall so he can escape. And when he gets to Jerusalem, joining his new family, he's not warmly greeted because, again, people don't trust him. They're afraid of him. And then Barnabas, after Barnabas helps to convince everyone that he's, we imagine that he's likely enjoying beginning to enjoy the work of ministry with them. Then another group wants to kill him. So they sneak him down to Caesarea and they send him back to his hometown of Tarsus. 
And if we ever got a message, if, if, if Paul ever got a message from the apostles in Jerusalem, here's how I imagine the note sounded. It sounded something like this. Dear Paul, we hope you are well. We're so glad you left. There was so much trouble when you were here. But after you left, the church experienced peace and encouragement. And people began to walk in the comfort of the Lord. And, oh, oh, something else, Paul. Church growth, we multiplied. No need to come back anytime soon. In Christ, the apostles. Now, from our text, these were some of the sufferings Paul experienced. But what we should also note that these events, these events happened over some years. Yes, it says in verse 20 that immediately Paul proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. But when we read the rest, it sounds like it all happened. Didn't it, just, it sounds like it all happened within a matter of weeks, doesn't it? When we read verse 23, it says, Many days had passed, and the Jews were plotting to kill him. It doesn't give us the impression that it was years, but it actually was. Paul tells us so in the book of Galatians. He says, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia. And I returned again to Damascus. And then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, or Peter, and remained with him 15 days. So Paul, yes, he immediately preached in Damascus, but after three years between Arabia and then back to Damascus, he's lowered down the wall and finds out, because they, he finds out they're plotting to kill him, and he escapes to Jerusalem. He spends some time with Peter. Paul, he immediately preached Christ, but then he prepared for three years. And actually, after the disciples sent him back to Tarsus, it was another ten years before he really came on the scene and began his missionary journeys. So there's a lot of time here. This morning, I want to focus on the two foundational truths that Paul immediately began to preach. At the start, if we were to ask him to define the Christian faith, he would have said, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ.